you for joining us for the Help for Wounded Spirits broadcast. We exist to help those wounded and suffering through life's trials. Here is our host and best-selling author, Doug Carriger. Great to be back with you, folks. I certainly hope this finds you well and in the arms of our Lord and Savior and uh, that God's being good to you. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for uh, zeroing us in, however you do it, whether you're on the radio. Thank you, radio stations, for playing us. Thank you, folks, for looking for us. And We've been talking the last three days with a dear brother, a pastor who's seen uh, trials by fire, Um, and um, he had mentioned that uh, one of his children, his youngest daughter, uh, he actually, one of the poignant things he remembers in his mind is his daughter across a state policeman's shoulder yelling daddy 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 at three o'clock in the morning i mean world shows up the world explodes so sister uh, i don't know where to go with this i want to start with how about this uh i asked my dear friend what her, her favorite verse is right now and she shared with me philippians 1 6 being confident of this very thing that he which had begun a good work in you will perform perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. And so it, it just reassures us as believers that, you know, God has initiated something. It's going to go well. It kind of reminds me, too, uh, of the book of Romans chapter 8 where, you know, we're told all things work together. And, and so, uh, my friend, uh, tell us, give us your testimony. Tell us what's going on with your life and just go ahead. Um, well, I was saved when I was five years old and then a few years later when I was 10, woke up in the middle of the night to a police man in my room and my mom was crying and she said to get dressed and I had to go with the policeman and I was really confused and my oldest sister was coming with me and I just remember I was freaking out. Wow. And I didn't want to go. I wanted to stay with my parents. Yeah. And it was just the two of us. We got in the police car, drove to a um, children's home. Yeah. And we were asked a whole bunch of questions, had to change our clothes. Now, now I got to know, what did they tell you? I mean, what, nothing. They, they didn't tell you, hey, we're taking you because of this. They just asked questions. No, they, um, yeah, they didn't tell us anything. We didn't, we were in that children's home. My other two sisters showed up a little bit later and we didn't know what was going on. And at first they were going to have to separate us, but they put us in a temporary home, all of us together. And we spent the night there. And the next day, the foster mom who we were with told my sister that we had to talk about what was going on. And that's when we found out what was going on. Wow. Wow. So it wasn't until about, I guess, two days later or something like that. So you're 10 years old. I mean, obviously, you're despondent. You're you're freaking out. I mean, what are you, you and the sisters? I mean, uh, are you guys trying to come up with a plan? I mean, what's just trying to get into the mind of a 10-year-old at this point in this terrible trial you're part of? What I mean, is there scheming? What, what are you thinking at this point? Um, I was just confused out of my mind. I didn't understand what they were saying to me. I didn't, I mean, I didn't even know what foster care was at that point. Yeah. 
So I just knew that I was taken from my home, but I was with my sisters. And I was I was just trying to stay close to my sisters. That was all I knew. Yeah. And so 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 your dad was telling us, so this is five months of your life. So go ahead and, and share a little bit about those five months and what you remember, what uh I don't know, whatever you want to say. Uh, I mean, you left a temporary place, what went on, what you're being told, where you end up, all that. Well, I really, I distinctly remember after we left the temporary home, we were sitting in the uh, the foster care agency place. And this lady was really trying to find a place where all four of us could stay together because my oldest sister was, she would not let us be separated. And we almost went to a place, uh, like, I don't even know, like two hours away from where we live. That was, we got in the car, we were heading there. That was the only place that would take all four of us. And then that social worker got a call that uh, a family 20 minutes from us would take all four of us. So that was a last minute miracle from God, thankfully. Yeah. And we went there and we were only going to stay there for a little bit. But the church, the, the family went to church. It was a good church. Um, they were good people, and they were willing to keep all four of us. So they asked us, they said, are you guys okay with staying here? And we all agreed because none of us wanted to be split up. So we ended up staying at that one house all together for the whole five months, which was amazing, unheard of, and a huge miracle. Yeah. And I was... Out of my comfort zone, I was the only um, I was the only one in elementary school. My other sisters were older than me, um, older than elementary school, and um, so I was by myself in public school for the first time. I was really nervous, confused, scared. It was there was a lot going on. It was a long time before we got to see our parents. That was not fun. I do remember the first time I saw my mom because um, we saw our mom for the first visit, and then. Or no, we saw mom and dad for the first visit and then it was mom afterwards. So when we were leaving, it was that first visit when we had to leave was hard because mm. it just didn't make sense to me. Yeah. So what's, what's going on with you with, with the Lord? I mean, so the good news is you go into a good church and now, now let me, let me regress here for a minute or digress here for a minute, go backwards a little bit. So the home that you went to, were there other kids there or was it just you four? So they had two biological sons and one foster girl, but that foster girl ended up going to a girl's home halfway through, I think. Yeah. So for a majority of the time, it was just the four of us and then the two boys. And they were cool. You guys got along all right? No. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, they. I guess they didn't like having you on their turf. Is it? I guess so. I don't know. <laughs> we were we weren't really friends. <laughs> oh, got it, got it. So, you go to church, and what's going on with your relationship with God? Talk a little bit about that. You're you're stuck. You don't know what's going on. I mean, you're ten, and um, uh, but you're going to church. So, I, I mean, what's what's that like? Well, so I don't remember. A whole lot about my relationship with God at that point. I know that afterwards it struggled a lot for a few years and I ended up surrendering to God a few years later. But I do remember very distinctly my oldest sister was 
is one of the most faithful women I know because that entire time she never compromised in anything. She read her Bible every single day. She continually grew closer to God. And I remember even as a 10 year old girl that I saw that and I was like, man, I want, I want that. And I think, I think that situation increased my faith and I think her prayers kept us all together that whole time. Wow. What a testimony. And so the next thing you know, I mean, you're getting some visitation once in a while. What happens next? We started doing therapy, which didn't do much. <laughs> um, we, I guess we had a lawyer the whole time, but I, I, we never met him. I never met him. The, the, my sisters did one time. I never got to meet him. Um, they were doing all the legal stuff. We were being told a bunch of lies about my parents. And we, they kept, I think what was hardest is they kept getting our hopes up. So there is another pastor's family who was like our grandparents or like adopted grandparents. And they were willing to take us in and they just never, I don't know what happened with that. The state just never let us go there. Yeah. And it was a whole bunch of ups and downs, a whole bunch of lies about the parents and then we finally did family therapy, and I mean that's when everything changed. Hmm. It was she was the the our family therapist was kind of the first person that I met who seemed like she wanted us to go back home, who wanted our family to get back together. That's exciting. Gave you some hope. Yeah, yeah, it did. And she she's a she's a good she was a good woman. Now your dad mentioned that you had come into a meeting. And you threw your bag down and said, why don't you want us back? So Yeah, that was the first uh, family therapy session. Yeah, so you were being told they didn't want you back. Is that right? Oh, yeah. And who was doing the telling? Who was telling you that? Um, so our social worker was telling us that. Um, our foster parents were. Our, um, so our, the social uh, worker was probably telling your foster parents that, too. I mean, it, it's. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, my foster parents didn't know. Yeah. My parents at all. So they were just knew what they were told. Yeah. Yeah. And then my, my therapist was telling us that it was basically everyone who had any say about it was saying that our parents didn't want us back. Yeah. So, I mean, divide and conquer is what I think I, I mentioned to your dad. It sure seems like they're trying to divide you and get you all mad at each other and, and, yeah. uh, and, and keep you pro. It doesn't sound like they're working for families at all. Listen, folks, we're going to be right back with you. We're going to continue on with our dear sister. Hang with us. Thank you, radio stations, for letting us be part of your ministry. We'll be right back. Doug will return shortly. Meanwhile, you're hearing this music while radio stations are identifying themselves and broadcasting advertisements. Thanks for hanging with us. We continue on with my dear sister friend here. And I, I just read this verse. It's got me thinking here for our light affliction, which is but for a moment. Five months doesn't sound like a moment. Worketh for us far more exceeding an eternal weight of glory. Well, we look at the things which are seen, uh, <coughs> excuse me, uh, but the things which are not seen are eternal. And, it you know, again, this is underscoring, underlining, pointing out that our trials, 
that the junk my friend's been through here, it's, it's a temporary thing. It's just for a moment in the whole scheme of things. But that five months probably seemed like five years to you. So I got a tough question for you. So, uh, so this was a false accusation that, that ended you all up uh, living somewhere else. And uh, so did you know that during that time? Did you know this was caused by a false accusation? Or what did you know? So I didn't understand the false accusation for a long time. Okay. Um, until they started kind of going into some different details about it. And I, I didn't think that sounded right. And I didn't know. And I don't think it was till um, we got interviewed by somebody and she was asking us all these questions. And I was like, yeah, no, none, none of that happened. So I think it was halfway through, I realized that, I don't even think we're supposed to be here. And so, so what did you, I mean, you say, Hey, listen, this stuff isn't happening. This stuff isn't going on. And what are they saying when you're saying that to them? Nothing. They just ask. And I said, no, ask the next question. No, ask it. Yeah. They, they didn't ever confirm or not confirm what I said. So they're kind of interviewing you by yourself at this point, I would guess. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Now, are there any Bible verses that have struck you that came out of this that helped you? Is there anything uh, spiritually that you can put on your mind to help you get through all this? Um, yes, I, well, my mind just blanked the, for in Romans, I believe Romans eight, for we reckon that these sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared to the glory, which shall be revealed in us. And yeah, so that's good. I think you're talking about Romans eight eighteen. And uh, the glory which shall be revealed to us. So that's that's going on in your mind, even as a ten year old. God's word, and so you're. I mean, you're raised in a church. You're raised in a Christian school. Your dad's a pastor. Your family's always helping people, and boom, here you are, and uh, you're in a public school. I mean, what did public school feel like? Um, it was it was different. So I actually remember. A couple weeks into school, I was so tired of the work because it was so, it was easy. It was, I, in my school that the curriculum we had been doing, we were way far ahead of that. So I would have, I would write letters to my teacher and ask her to send me spelling lists and arithmetic problems. And she would send me copies of the spelling list and copies of math pages. And I would do them for fun. Oh man, <laughs> you're totally nerded out on these people. So I, I, I need to tell you, friends, uh, my dear friend here is a good singer. And I asked her to sing. She, she's been to a Christian camp with me. I've been to her church with her family. I've, I've met her sisters and her parents and all that. But I asked her if she would just remember, We, you guys will remember when uh, Stephanie used to co-host this with me. She'd sing a song once in a while. So I have to take advantage. Uh, now, uh, my my dear sister's dad, he can't sing a lick. He's as bad as I am, but <laughs> my sister can. So why don't you sing a hymn for us or something, sister? Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. But now I am found, was blind, but now I see. Wow, that's great. And uh, 
Let us therefore come boldly before the throne of grace that you may be able to obtain mercy and the grace. So you get back together. I mean, we're at that point, right? You guys, finally, the people listen, the courts listen, you're sent home. And uh, what is that all like? Well, actually, that whole day was probably one of the most confusing days of the whole thing, except for maybe the first few, because it was the first time I had ever seen our lawyer. We were in the courtroom in this room for hours, and we were told that if anyone gets to go home in the next year, it'd be our oldest sister. And we were at this point, all four of us just were done. We wanted to go home. We didn't want to be there. We were we were done with everything, the lies and everything. And um, we <laughs> we went one at a time. We had to go talk to the judge. I I asked the judge if he should be wearing a wig because <laughs> I was <laughs> blonde. <laughs> and then after that, someone came and got us and told us we were all going home. And that was the first time we got to see our parents, see our church family, see people we loved. We went home. Everyone was at our house. It was it was a crazy day. And so, wow. And how are you processing all this? I mean, you just, you wake up in the morning and you're told it'll be a year. Your older sister has a chance and, and, and you all arrive home. And what's home like? I mean, after all these months away. It was, it was different. It was, it was good. It was, it was home and we were all happy, but there was a lot of, uh, I guess, conflict, not conflict, but tension. There's a lot of tension. Yeah. And your dad was saying you got through that with family meetings and yeah. reading the Bible study. So, I mean, what lessons, what do you come away from this whole thing with? I mean, how does this make you, I mean, this is years ago. You're eight years older now. You're, you're an adult. You're all grown up. I mean, what lessons, what do you walk away in your tool bag and your bag of life and your lessons learned and your trials? What do you walk away with? Um, Family and church family is some of the most important things in life. If you can stay together and stay with your church family, then it's going to be okay. Now, do you have any contact, former forced parents, uh, the church you went to? I mean, is there any contact now with the, with the crazy times? No, we went back one time and weren't really received well. Oh, okay, so you just kind of go back to visit and it didn't turn out. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, I understand that. I mean, life is different. You wake up one day and, I mean, you're back in your real life, and that's probably much more important. So so you have kids. I mean, you get married, you have kids, looking in the future, and uh, God gives you a bunch of kids, enough where you probably name one Doug. And uh, anyway, <laughs> how do you explain this whole thing? Um, how do you explain all this? Oh, wow. Yeah. Um... I guess just kind of a look what God has done moment. Yeah. Yeah. And I guess now are you, I guess this comes to my mind too, is people lied about you. People lied to get you there. I mean, lies were happening everywhere and all that. And, um, um, I, I guess, you know, what's the best way to say this, that you were let down by the government, yeah. you were let down by somebody else. What's your feelings toward the lies, all the craziness. Uh, it's definitely left a big bitter taste in my mouth toward the whole foster care and therapy and that whole, that whole organization. Anytime anyone says we're going to therapy, it's just immediately I'm like, Oh no, why? Cause you know, none of that stuff worked well in my case, but 
I have to constantly remind myself that they have a good purpose and they can be good, I guess. Yeah, not everybody goes through what you go through. So I guess you've forgiven them. Did I lose you there for a minute? Yes. I was asking you, did I, so I, I said, I guess you've forgiven them. Yeah. Um, the, over the past couple of years, I've got to see a really good situation with foster care and good situations with therapy. And it's kind of restored my trust. I guess I can see the good and the use for them. Well, Hey, thank you for being with us today. And thank you for being honest with us and, and, and folks just be in prayer, be careful, love your kids, be around them, be in church, everything. My dear sister said, put it to work in your life and, uh, and, and just trust God. And you know, if there's one lesson I learned, if a 10 year old girl can come out the other end and be where my friend is, we can do it too. Well, we certainly hope God blesses you. Come back tomorrow. Take care. Thank you for listening to our broadcast. At Help for Wounded Spirits, we believe the Bible and place great importance on you having a personal relationship with your Lord and Savior. The Bible delivers a clear and simple message of salvation, outlining how you can begin your personal relationship now. First, recognize that you are a sinner, as all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Second, understand that there is a cost to our sin as the wages of sin is death. Third, realize that Jesus alone paid that price. To receive salvation, simply ask the Lord to save you in Jesus' name while believing in your heart that He alone can save you, and He will. If we can help you with your salvation or to direct you to a local church, please do not hesitate to contact us. For additional helpful resources, including our new TV series, more information, or to donate and support this crucial ministry, please visit us at WoundedSpirits.com. May God bless you.